And we have a guest with us on the Linder Farm Network today, Jeremy Munson, who is a candidate in the 1st Congressional District in Minnesota. And Jeremy, great to have you in the studio today. Thank you for having me on, Lynn. You know, it's fun to have uh, candidates in that know something about agriculture. You know a lot about agriculture. Tell us about your background. Sure. Well, I, when I moved to the district, uh, my wife grew up here between uh, uh, Medelia and Lake Crystal. And uh, I worked for her family farm for two years. She really wanted to, to, to farm with her family. And we went through this process where you, you know, as a new farmer, you get, you, you get excited about it. You get your hands on experience. I um, mean, you know, I've worked thousands of hours in, uh, you know, co- tractors and combines and cleaning out grain bins and working in hog barns, doing loadouts and such. All the fun uh, stuff. All the fun stuff. Yeah. And really got a taste for um, all of the, uh, all the work that goes into an operation. And then, of course, on the financial side, um, the cost of land, all of your inputs, working on uh, figuring out the, the best path forward for you know, precision planting and using the least amount of inputs possible to try to make, to, make, uh, to make a living in farming. So I have a great understanding of what farmers go through and the risk they put in to, to, to their uh, operation every year and uh, the rewards or n- and sometimes lack of rewards where they work their entire year and, and, and for nothing just to keep their farm above water. Um, talking about estate planning with farmers and, and uh, understanding all of the risks that they go through, um, and then all the government regulations. You know, we have an active war on ag that's being perpetuated by the state of Minnesota and federal agencies, and all the work they have to go through and the risk that they take, um, and the pressures from all of these agencies. Well, if and obviously if you're a farmer right now and you go to uh, fill up with diesel, fill up your tractor, it's sticker shock. If you buy fertilizer, and I read the prices every month, and it's a record every month, there's some challenges ahead for farmers. Yes. I mean, that's the greatest thing that, that farmers want from government is consistency, right? They don't want the government to, to pull the rug out from underneath them. Um, and when we have input costs like diesel, where, where farmers have to, you know, they're, they're looking at buying a, a delivery of you know, 25,000 gallons of diesel for their spring planting or uh, tilling operation, um, this, these input costs are, are off the chart and the commodities, the price of their outputs, their corn and soybeans is not uh, reflective of those increased inputs. And so there's so much more risk that goes into this when we're dealing with inflation like this, um, of course, fertilizer or the lack of fertilizer uh, is, a, is a significant issue for farmers. Um, and then people in DC sometimes make changes like changing the 179th, you know, accelerated depreciation schedule. They do it at the last minute without really any warning. Um, that can change for farmers, and tax policies can change, especially when they do retroactive ones that we did in the state where they got tax bills from the Minnesota Department of Revenue. We just we need to be more consistent with farmers and make sure that they understand um, how everything's changing around them. So let's talk about Jeremy Munson, and uh, why are you running for Congress? Why, why do you want to put yourself through this? Yeah, I mean, I'm running because Congress is broken, the same reason I ran for, for uh, the Minnesota State House. We're not doing. Uh, we're not reflecting the needs of the people. We have Congress doing something completely opposite sometimes of what the people are demanding, and uh, a lot of that is because of the influence of special interest groups uh, and lobbyists that really control much of the legislation. Uh, I, I want to be a voice for the people. Um, we we are in a financial situation dealing with inflation, um, not because of something that Joe Biden just did, but because of what Republicans and Democrats have done for four decades which is to you know, cut taxes, increase spending, grow government, and then just borrow the difference. And we have $30 trillion in debt. $7 trillion in new currency was just printed in the last few years. Um, that's why we have inflation. So when we have people demanding change and reducing, you know, we want lower energy costs, 
Um, the speculators are out there driving up the prices of things. And then Congress goes to give, you know, 40 or $50 billion away uh, yesterday. That, that's not responding to what the people want. We want fiscal sanity. We want, you know, uh, individual accountability. We want to do better with our own money instead of giving it to government and watching them give it away to other people. So we have a, uh, a race coming up first to fill Jim Hagedorn's, the late Jim Hagedorn's seat for a few months, and then another after that. Uh, why is this first race important? Well, the first race is where all of the, the money is going to be spent, quite honestly. Um, whoever wins this primary in 12 days will be running for the, for the remaining term of Congressman Hagedorn's spot. Um, and this is where the battlefield will be between Republicans and Democrats to the August special general. The, the election for the full term, which is just going to take place after that from August to November, um, will be the same person running that, that, that won the primary here in 12 days. So there isn't a possibility of one person running for the short term and a different person running for the full term. I mean, logistically, it just doesn't work out. So the, the race for, the, for, for both of them together is really going to be whoever wins the election in 12 days. So why should a farmer vote for you? Well, I understand the operation. I understand the, the risks that you go through every year. I understand how, Im, how government impacts you and your farm. Um, every Sunday when my wife and I get together with uh, the in-laws and we sit down at the dinner table, I'm lobbied by farmers. I understand what they're dealing with and uh, the, the, the weekly changes in the commodity prices, um, the markets, um, their risk on the board, and what they have to go through. And so um, I'm intimately familiar with that. And I understand it's not just the Department of Ag, it's the EPA, uh, the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency, Walls's California car mandates, everything else that's being put on you is pressure. Um, I understand. And I'm just a phone call away. What do you think about uh, uh, the, the path the governor took on uh, bypassing the state legislature for the uh, California car rules? What's your thoughts on that? Well, immediately I thought this has got to be unconstitutional. This is the uh, we have a separation of powers where the executive branch can't write law unilaterally. But looking back, the legislature had abdicated its responsibility uh, during the Plenty administration to give him the authority to do this stuff with green energy. And so we're now suffering for what the legislature gave up. Uh, we need to take back control in the legislature to write the laws. Now, everything these agencies do is they, we give them the authority when we write law, but then the agency must write rules to apply that law. We need to recall those rules and say, look, we write a law for the Minnesota Pollution Control Agency to do something. They implement rules. The legislature should have the authority to vote that up or down, and we need to we we need to start doing more of that. And because uh, the the agencies go outside of the legislative intent all the time, we need to rein in government, and that's this is one step we need to do it. Okay, let's talk about a few of the other issues. Ukraine is a, obviously a big issue right now. There are many other issues you're dealing with. Uh, give us a synopsis of what you see as major issues. Well, I mean, inflation, like I said, is, is probably the biggest issue in the district right now. It's not as simple to get that under control because it, re it requires us to take a significant change in course in our spending. And that means we need to cut government significantly. That will also restore people's faith in the U.S. dollar around the world if they know that we're not going to go into this death spiral of, of spending and debt. Uh, we need to show the world we have a plan to reduce spending. Um, the you know, education in, in, in America is a big deal. We've seen this a lot of people at the local level engaged in education policy. Uh, we should be 
refocusing our efforts to allow those decisions to be made by local school districts, parents, faculty, staff, um, that they set the school policies, and that may include eliminating the Federal Department of Education and, and sending everything back to the states to, to set their policies that way. Um, the uh, energy independence is a really big issue, too. We need to, we need to increase oil production here. Um, the, the industry as a whole is moving towards less carbon output, but we need to let that happen through free markets and not through mandates, which just exacerbate these energy prices of what we've seen. So how do you feel about things right now for uh, Jeremy Munson? Well, we're in a really good place. Um, we've, I mean, I'm, I'm a conservative. I am a constitutional conservative. I follow the Constitution, which uh, by, by its purpose limits government. And so I look to the Constitution as my guidance on what we should be doing in Congress, and it's a very limited role. I've been endorsed by Senator Rand Paul, uh, Senator Ted Cruz, uh, Congressman Thomas Massey, and Congressman Jim Jordan, these conservative fighters that have been out in D.C. trying to change the course of our, of our country to be more responsible uh, to the taxpayers and to, to limit what we're doing in, in its influence in people's lives. And so that's, those endorsements have helped me show the people, show the voters here, that I have a proven record of standing up and doing what's right, doing some uh, very strong ethical changes in, in the state legislature to reform our lobbying laws, to push back on lobbyists and special interest groups, to limit the size of these enormous multi-subject omnibus bills, uh, which are in, in the state of Minnesota unconstitutional. We should get back to single-subject bills so we can hold our legislators accountable um, and those, those endorsements have come because I've shown, I have a proven record of, of standing up and, and doing what's right. And Supreme Court, uh, interesting happenings there lately. Yeah, the Supreme Court, um, with, with its decision on Roe v. Wade, that, that sounds like it's going to happen, um, will we'll restore those decisions to the states. And, and honestly, it's going to make more people happy because the people that live in conservative states will have their way and people that live in liberal states will have their way and will let these battles handle at the state legislatures. Um, that's a good thing. And how do people find out more about you? Well, they can visit my website at jeremymunson.com. Um, if they're on uh, Facebook, they can find Representative Jeremy Munson. Uh, follow that page, and I post a lot of my policies and positions and, and everything out there, and they can also uh, reach out to me on my cell phone number, which is posted on my Facebook page, too. All right. Great to have you in the studio today. Good luck to you. Thank you very much, Lynn. You bet. Jeremy Munson, candidate in the 1st Congressional District in Minnesota.